If you will, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 8. I'm going to be preaching um, more on the theology of God and taking some of the, um, the main metaphors of God in Scripture and talking about them, the main identifiers of God. Because the Bible tells us all sorts of things about the Lord, but He um, also wants a personal relationship with us. So theology is not just this heady thing that we do in our, in our minds, um, but it is something that we need to be thinking on and meditating on and, and, and applying to our lives and using in our lives, trusting in Him, coming to Him, allowing Him to work in us in the ways that He has revealed, us, revealed Himself in Scriptures. And so we, we can trust uh, that, that uh, this, this theology is sound for us to um, be able to live the life God wants us to. But Hebrews chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 7, right at the end of chapter 7, not, not the first of 8. Um, Hebrews chapter 7, verses 26 through 28. And it says this, For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God for a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your holy word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. A lot of times we ask ourselves the, the question, why did I, did I do that? Or going back and saying, I wish I had never done that. There, there, there are things that, that may be in your life that, that you regret doing. Maybe it's simple as saying the wrong word to someone or saying the wrong thing to someone. You know, words can be powerful sometimes and sometimes we regret the things that we say to people. Or it could be things that we've done in our life and in our youth um, that, that maybe had some bad consequences in, life, in, 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 my current, in, in your current life or, or things that have its effects on today. Things that, that, that you say, I wish I had never done that. I wish I had never said that. I wish that I had um, not done th those things. And sometimes we even say, I wish I could go back and undo them. If, if, if I were younger, I probably would have done this in this situation. Or... It, we, we may have a guilty conscience from those things uh, that happened in, in our life, in, in our youth, the things that we didn't, um, never, never wanted to happen. And, and, and now, because of it, we're, we're feeling the weight of the guilt of, of those decisions and, and that we made and those things that we did to other people, that those offenses that we committed. I wish I could take that back, or, or, or I wish I hadn't uh, uh, thought of that, or, or, or now I feel guilty and condemned because of it. And, and I hope one day I, I can get some sort of forgiveness for, the, for those things that I did. 
Many people caught up in, in addictions uh, wish they had never taken that first dose of, of whatever drug that they've been taking. Um, right now, fentanyl is, is destroying our country and, and other kinds of opiates. And, and it's sad to see it happening. I mean, how, how many movie stars and, and singers recently have been taken because of fentanyl and, uh, and, and others? It's, it, it's sad what's happening. But I bet people who have recovered from that often say, I wish I had never taken that, that first dose. I wish I had never taken that, that first um, drag. I wish I had never taken that, that, that pipe. Um, you know, and, and, that, and they wish that they could be free of these things and, 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 and wish they could be free of the consequences they have, they have done. In fact, it sort of reminds me of this idea of being innocent. Uh, a lot of us wish that we could be innocent of some things again in, in our hearts and minds. Uh, the, the, maybe even the innocency that, that, that a child experiences. Um, we, we would like to go back to that innocence in some way or another. Sometimes I think um, nostalgia has something to do with that. We, we, we think about things from our childhood that we, we loved and, and th things that, that, that we saw on TV or, or, or animals that we had or, or um, toys that we had, those kinds of things. A lot of times we, we want to recapture that, that innocency. And sometimes we think, well, I wish I had never um, thought about those things or saw certain things or those kinds of things. P people caught up in, in all these um, porn pornographic addictions, um, you know, th those in the industry and those who consume it. I often wish that I wish, I wish I had never seen those kinds of things because it has so ruined all my life. It's ruined my relationships. Um, I was watching some videos of some testimonies of, of recently of some porn stars are coming out of that industry and, and, and coming, becoming Christians. And, and part of their testimony is going around saying, I, I wish I, I were innocent again of these things. And I think all of that, that whole idea of, the, of this regret and, and this wishing to be innocent again ties into what the Bible talks about when it talks about purity. Be, being pure. And what God's Word tells us is that God Himself is pure in His character. He, he, he's pure. He does not allow the things of evil to defile him. They can't defile him because that's his nature. God is pure. But he also has the power to make us pure. And, 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 and to restore that innocency um, through us, or, 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 or for us, to, to cleanse our minds and our conscience from those things of the past that we had wished we had never done. It's called Purity. And God can purify us. And, and, and the main role we think of God as purifier is that of the priesthood, which God established. God, when, when, he, when he first appeared to, to Moses and, and the Israelites, there, there in, in, as soon as they had gotten out of um, Egypt, uh, God told the people, it says, Now if you keep my covenant and my commands out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession." And so through Moses, God gave them the law. And, and the law established a priesthood. And why did they establish priesthood? Because the people were guilty of sin and, and were corrupted by their sin. And because of that, they could not approach a holy 
and pure God. Someone who is pure in his own character. Absolutely pure. Absolutely good. They, they could not come before him. Because the, the, the mere presence of God um, exudes this purity and, and, and this holiness. You know, holiness can mean a lot of things. But one of the things that the Bible teaches us is that holiness means pure, purity, a pure life. God Himself is pure. And, and, and those who, who try to enter into His presence full of sin cannot do it because it says that they'll die. <laughs> I mean, the whole reason that, that um, in the Old Testament, when God met with Moses on the mountain, on Mount Sinai, to, uh, to uh, give Him the law to, to the people... He told him, you need to mark off a ring around the mountain and they're not to cross that line or else they, they, they'll die. You're the only one that's allowed to come up because you're my intermediary. I've chosen you. But, but even if an animal crosses that line of holiness, it would die. Because God is, is holy and, 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 uh, and pure and, and no sin can, can or evil can... Um, withstand his presence it would die but the law that, that, that God gave Moses was an act of God's mercy and grace so that people could re-enter his presence having their sins purified through the sacrifices of, of animals because God was pure and he wanted a relationship with his people because he loved them he, he allowed sacrifices to be done to substitute as their own death, so to speak, so that they, they, they could be considered pure and come into His presence to worship. But that's why, God's, that's why God established this whole priesthood. The priests were to be the intermediaries between the holy God and the people, and they were to go through the, the rituals that God had commanded in order to help purify the people. And as long as the people were obedient from their heart to do those things, and, and, and because they, they made God their God within their hearts, God allowed these sacrifices to be a substitute for their own death, to give them a, a purification of their, of, of their um, lives so that they could come before Him and worship Him. And God told these priests that were appointed... That they were um, the, the descendants of Levi, uh, which is one of the one of the twelve tribes that came from um, uh, Jacob or Israel. Uh, that that whole lineage was was were set apart within Israel to be the mediators and, and the priests between God and men. And so the Levites, you know, they they were given all these these regulations and rituals that they were to follow to offer sacrifices for the people. And they had to do that on a daily basis. Now, I've talked about this passage before, and it hadn't been that long ago, maybe about a year or so ago. And uh, I just kept thinking about all of that blood that had to be shed. Animals on a daily basis being sacrificed to God. And, and you weren't supposed to just bring any animal... The animal that you brought had to be a pure, innocent, uh, blemish, uh, uh, no blemishes whatsoever on this animal. It couldn't have any defects. It had to be one of the first and best of your flock to bring. 
or first and best of your herd, you had to bring God your best. And, and, and all of this what, what was to uh, symbolize that, that God wanted a relationship with his people, but because of their sinfulness, because of their corruption, because of their loss of innocence, and because of their impurity, they were ritually defiled and therefore could not come before God himself. But God in his love wanted this relationship with people, wanted to give them his love, wanted to give them his power, wanted to restore them, though there was this separation. He wanted them to be reconciled, so he offered this, this system a, a way of them coming back, being able to come back to him. And, 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 and in a way that where they wouldn't die just coming into his presence. But even in, in the Old Testament, even then, there was still this separation between God and men. There was a separation. Part of it has to do with, a lot of it has to do with, this idea that the priests themselves were human beings who were impure and, and, and uh, sinful before God with, with guilty consciences themselves. And so before the priests could even serve the people... They had to sacrifice for themselves in, in much the same way that they sacrificed on behalf of others. They had to be cleansed. They had to be set apart for God. They had specific rules of purity that they had to follow as well in order to be the mediator between God and men. And of course, the whole history in the Bible shows us that, that men uh, can be easily corrupted. That, that, well, that their hearts are, are, are born in corruption. But, it, but, e but even then, they're still prone to sin. They're, they're still prone to, to fall away from God. They're still prone to, uh, to uh, continue to um, defile themselves with, with all kinds of different sins. Some, some intentional, some, some not intentional. Uh, sometimes they, they, they may have accidentally violated um, God's ritual standards. Or, or sometimes they, they went off into sin themselves. Uh, we, we see this happening a lot uh, during the period of the judges, where even the priests were corrupt and, and immoral and committing sin. And, 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 uh, and, and also um, of unfaithfulness to God by worshiping other idols. But, but, but people were still defiling themselves through all sorts of uh, sexual immorality and, and drunkenness and other forms of, of things uh, that would be considered wicked, um, op oppressing the poor and the, and the weak, and and uh, you know partaking in um, all, all sorts of evil, uh, killing and robbing people. Uh, the, the priests themselves were even prone to that at, at, in, in, so, in some ways, and and yet they were still trying to uh, to uh, be the mediator between God and people. Impurity, impure hearts, Im impure thoughts, Im Im impure actions. But God, in His love, so wanted to be with His people. The only way that He could do it is, is, is to purify them. So what we learn is that God is the purifier. He, he, he did it through, through the priests, but God was going to have to start taking action on His own to give a, a, a true purification of people's hearts. Not just a ritual purification, which is what the Old Testament law provided, 
but, but, but a, a purification of the heart. A purification of the, of the person. A purification where their, motive, their very motivations are were, were to turn to God, to do what's right. Their, 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 the change of heart change, would change their motivations to love God, to want to love God, to, to want to turn away from, from that which was unclean and, and, and wicked and evil. God wanted to not only purify them ritually, but He wanted to purify them in their conscience. And so God, the purifier, decides that what He's going to have to do is come up with, with, with a master plan to purify His people. And, and, and that plan was all already in place long before. I think the whole thing about the ritual purification what, was to teach the people what it would take for them to come before a pure, absolute pure and good God. And he, he spent much time teaching the Israelites that lesson and they kept failing to listen. <laughs> they kept hardening their hearts. They, they, they kept um, doing the things that, that would make them impure. But God said, I'm, I'm going to send them a perfect priest. I'm going to send humanity a priest after my own heart. <laughs> I'm going to send them a priest who is, who is perfectly pure and innocent in every way. And so He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. And that's what the passage here in Hebrews addresses. That, that's the person He addresses. Jesus Christ as the high priest. And so He tells, him, tells us in verse 26, It is indeed fitting, it, it is right in every way, that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated by, from sinners and exalted above the heavens. That's speaking about the Son, Jesus Christ. How He came, the very Son of God, came in innocency and He kept His innocency throughout His whole life here on earth. He, was not, he, did, he did not defile Himself in the ways that human beings defile themselves, um, being caught up in sin. He had a human nature but not a sinful nature. He wasn't he wasn't drawn in, 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 um, um, by temptation. Um, temptations came to him and he overcame them. He, he didn't fall into sin. And, and he kept his um, faithfulness to God and obedience to Him all the way through his life. Holy and pure. Innocent. He was completely unstained by the world, even though he was in a world full of corruption and of sin and, in, and, and impurity. He himself was, was, was not stained by it. And he himself was separated from sinners. In other words, he, he could not be counted among the sinful because he himself was not sinful. And even more than that, even after Jesus suffered and died for, for the sins of the people, he, he was exalted and is exalted above the heavens right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, and still, through His, through his sacrifices, still purifying hearts today. But Jesus Himself was the great high priest, and why did, why did it work? Because He had no need to offer daily sacrifices like the human priest had, had to do. First for themselves, and then for the sins of the people. 
Because a lot of times, the, the, these priests were not faithful to that command of ritual purity. They were not faithful to the command to sacrifice for themselves and then for the people. Sometimes they would sacrifice, um, tell the people to bring sacrifices, and we're going to sacrifice for you. But, you know, it's, it's sort of this idea that the priest had this arrogance and saying, it's not, not for me, but for thee. <laughs> But they were corrupt in their own hearts too. And some of them were corrupt for power. Some of them were, were um, corrupted for other, other reasons. But not the Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself was holy and pure, the innocent Son of God. He had no need for sacrifices for himself. But he had a sacrifice for all people. One that he did once for all out of his love for us. In order to purify us from our sins to purify our hearts from that evil within to purify us from the acts of sin first of all the, those things that we've done in our past Jesus' work as the great high priest the ultimate sacrifice once we're all sacrificed for sin sweeps away our past before God and no record of our, of our past sins are kept anymore because of him not only that, what his sacrifice does is it transforms the corrupted heart, which is the source of sin. He purified our hearts from the sin. What does that mean? He purified us from, from motivations to sin. There, there's, there's really no such thing, as I, I would say, as a sinless Christianity. But what God the purifier does is he changes our motivations so that we want to follow Him. And though we may be prone to certain errors and those kinds of things, we don't have to be classified as sinners anymore because of what God does in transforming our hearts, purifying us from those things that of, of, of our, in our hearts, purifying us from our corruption. So he, his, his purification sweeps away the sins of the past and, and our guilt before God because of those sins. But it also works within us, transforming our hearts, purifying our hearts, so that we are, are softened to God again, softened to His will, softened to His relationship, softened to His wooing and drawing. Our motivations change because of the innocent Son of God dying for our sins once for all. There's, there's power in the eternal, innocent Son of God to transform our lives within and also, what it does is it clears us of the guilty conscience that we have, if we'll allow it. We still carry the pain of our past sins sometimes. We still carry the decision, the pain, the pain of those decisions that we made in the past uh, many times over. Those times that we wish we hadn't done that. Those times that, that we regret the things that we said. Jesus' sacrifice can cleanse us of those things. Now, I'm not saying that we forget about them. I'm not saying that we don't remember them from time to time. But they can take away those sins so much that we know that we are right with God and He is right with us. We can know that we know that we know that we are saved because of what Christ Jesus has done to us. One of the greatest gifts 
that Jesus' purification um, through, his, through His sacrifice gave to us was the Holy Spirit. In fact, the reason that He um, came and suffered and died to give us His purification is so that God's Spirit, His own presence, can come into our lives and dwell there. Because wherever God touches has to be purified. It has to, and wherever God touches is, is made holy. It's made holy by His presence. Remember we said that in the beginning because there was a separation between um, God and sinners, they needed the priesthood. Well, Christ Himself has removed that separation because through His purification, He allows the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us as a gift. So we have a direct communication with God in our hearts. And He can give us the assurance that we are His child. Romans, Paul says that His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies that our, with our spirit that we are His children. That we are children of God. So Christ's sacrifice does something even better. It purifies the heart from all sin. And it clears the guilty conscience and, and helps us to know that God is with us and that He loves us. And that no matter what our sin may be, he can forgive us and continue to cleanse us if we but turn to Him. Jesus' sacrifice was once for all. It covers all past, present, and future sin. The thing is, is that you and I have to avail ourselves of it. We have to receive it by faith. We have to ask God to purify our hearts. Sometimes the Bible uses the term sanctify. And, and we often use that term in Wesleyan circles. But sanctification is really the purification of the heart from its sinful corruption. And though we may still err at times, we don't have to be characterized by that sin anymore. We can ask Him to forgive us. We can ask Him to cleanse us and sanctify us and make us fully God's. Fully God's own. So that we can... Relate to Him so that we can come to Him so that we can be um, in His presence so that He can be a present in us so that we can, as, as Jesus said, love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. That's what purification does. That, that's what God as purifier does. Is he's pure, he purifies the heart so that we can have a relationship with the pure God. We need to be purified in order to, to have a relationship with the purified God. He purifies our hearts. He purifies us of our sins. He purifies us of that corruption within. He purifies the guilty conscience and helps us. And even though we, we are still weak people because of our sin, God, God purifies us to make us His own. He does it out of His love. He does it because He wants our relationship with you and, you and I. And so how do, how do we um, tap into that? Well, again, we, we realize that we are weak because of sin, and it's only by God's power that we can be purified from sin. So many Christian believers today um, try to do purity on their own. And um, I'm, I'm probably going to catch fire here from you know pastors who are friends of mine 
But one of the things that they used to do is, is, is those uh, purity ceremonies where they ha had young girls come up and commit themselves to chastity and they would take these vows and, then, and, and all these kinds of things and, and, the, and the girls were then expected to live up to those vows and their parents were to help them to uh, live up to those vows. Um, those kinds of things are fine but, but real purity comes from God himself. It comes from his power. It's not anything that we can do, but it's, it, it, it's through a surrender to him, giving ourselves over to him, giving ourselves over to God as the purifier to purify us. We have to allow him into our lives to do it. We have to believe he can do it. We have to trust in him that we can, he can do it. And we have to say, Lord, I want to be pure in my heart and in my mind. Realizing our own weakness because of sin and seeking God's power to be cleansed from that sin, to be purified from it. And then we continue to have faith in Him and, and, and continue to give ourselves to Him. Uh, giving ourselves is never a one-time thing. There, I, I believe there is an instance when we first give our hearts and lives to God um, and, and, and He gives us an initial sanctification and I think there, there's another step to that when we agree that we need that corruption within us. Lord, I want to give all myself to Thee. And we realize it in that moment and God sanctifies us. I believe in what we call the first grace and the second grace. But that's always still after that a continual process of God revealing sin to our hearts and purifying us from them. And, and it takes our faith a continued faith and relationship with Him for that to happen. A continued trust and surrender to God. We have to, in our hearts and minds, give ourselves to the Lord. To soften our hearts to Him. Allow Him to work within us. Seeking Him day by day. Lord, purify me of my sin. Sometimes we have to continue to do that, that prayer, if nothing else, to help us with the guilty conscience that we have. Because sometimes that guilty conscience wants to come back and, and harass us and cause us to falter and, and, to, and to make us feel bad so, so that we feel like we, we can never live up to what God has for us. But God gives us the reassurance if we continue to trust in Him and ask Him, Lord, help me. Help me to stay strong in You. Cleanse me of this guilty conscience that I have, Lord. Because I know that I've been forgiven. God can, God's purification does that for us if we'll allow Him to do it. And purity, you know, although it's hard to see in this world anymore, and although it's hard for us to see anymore, um, purity can come from God if we allow Him to work. And purity is like breathing the fresh air again. It frees our conscience from the guilt and shame. It restores that innocency within us that we long for. If we'll ask God for it, and if He'll give, and if, and if we, I mean, if we are true to Him and ask Him to give us that, He'll give it to us. I want to ask Michael if you'll pull, pull up. If you can find, I'll, I surrender all. Um, that'll work. 